Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick check. Hunter, who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992 the 1994 premiers premiers the 2018 AFL Premiership team the West Coast Eagles good day everyone welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week you've joined us on the video stream we gone through to the keeper so we've got a bit of eagles news to discuss there we're going to talk heroes and villains we always do and of course we are discussing west coast versus richmond this weekend a huge game on the fixture i'm honey badger 35 g'day i am joined this week by miguel sanchez miguel welcome back yeah joined also by my dog who's just popping his head up in the background there um yeah a few technical problems here as well but uh let's soldier on with it all right, soldier on we will, and we will be joined in doing so by Keys. Keys back on the show, first week in the can. How do you think it went? And do you think we can do better yeah, this pretty, week? Pretty good. Message for Agent 93. Fuck you. Yeah, not 21 minutes, 21 <laughs> seconds. We're off to an absolute ripper. All right, we're losing Migs. There's technical issues, but we'll soldier on. As I said, we'll persist with it. Thank you guys no, for I'm joining us last week. Oh, yeah, we've lost Migs's picture. We're doing the audio-only video format. I'm still Put one of the Muppets up there. Yeah, Statler or Wardoff, Migs, who do you like? <laughs> Shouldn't do that. All right, yeah. let's dive in. Let's dive in, gents. We, of course, will start with the game. It was West Coast versus Carlton. It was won by the good guys, and let's chat about it now. West Coast Eagles versus Carlton, 14-11-95. We defeated Carlton 10-13-73. Uh, Migs, it was a bit of a weird one. The expectations coming in were that the Eagles might struggle, particularly once we saw the ins and outs. Everything was a bit flat in Eagles land last week, but they've had a win, pretty solid win at that. What did you make of it all? Yeah, it was um, a really pleasing win, I thought, with the um, with all the cattle we were missing and uh, at a ground we don't like and hadn't won at for 22 years. And um, what they say, I think five of the guys that played weren't born the last time we won there. Um <laughs> But yeah, we um, so really pleasing win. But I think we were lucky that we uh, we had a bit of a soft opponent. Really, um, Carlton in that last quarter reminded um, reminded me of us a bit uh, in in some games this season. That when uh, when the whips started cracking, they they didn't really show up. Um, that's the negative side of it. Uh, the positive is that we we're able to to get the four points, uh, get some games into some of those kids, and and um, saw some positive signs from. Uh, at least most of them um, got contributions pretty much across the board. Didn't have too many passengers really. Uh, having said that, we did rely pretty heavily on um, senior players, uh, particularly in the middle. Uh, Nat Nui, Sheed, and Yo had 25 clearances between them, which was more than Carlton's uh, entire side. And that was with Yo only playing two thirds of a game. So, uh, yeah, the, pleasing in a way, but uh, makes us a bit predictable, I think. I think we're in the space where I just wanted to get a win. I was not banking on it by any stretch. Uh, Keys, I'll get your thoughts in just a minute, but I'll do some three-word reviews first. Thank you, as always, to everybody who sent them in. Andrew said, guts at last. JS on Twitter says, super stuff, Eagles. Nice one, JS. Uh, Chris said, kids are good, and we will definitely circle back to the kids. A few, uh, yeah, some nice green shoots coming through for the Eagles there. Kylie in Victoria said that life became bearable for an Eagles fan in Vic, so very happy for you there on that one, Kylie. Paul said Liam Ryan Clinic and Steve said effort, youth, teamwork. Keys, the Eagles won every quarter, albeit marginally. Uh, what did you make of the whole game and, and how do you think they went coming out with the win? Yeah, funny sort of game. I, you know, you look at it in isolation, they probably never really reached any great heights at any stage. Probably Liam Ryan's mark of the round was, was about the biggest highlight of it. There wasn't much else. We just ground out the win. So... Um, yeah, one or four quarters. I think a couple of them won by maybe one or two points, but yeah. you know, it was a sort of an Eagles like 
game in a lot of ways. There was no massive runs either against us or, you know, we put on goals quickly. We just managed to just got our noses in front early and just managed to sort of hold them off, hold them at bay for the for the whole 100 minutes. So, um, yeah, just a good grinding win that, you know, we, we needed. We had to, we had to win that game. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the quality of players we had out, um, you know, it was a really, really good win. And I, I think the, you know, for the, the over east, the impression was that we were going to, uh, going to use, um, and now Carlton are having a massive, massive review, review because they lost to a half strength Eagles side. So yeah, shame on Carlton losing to us. Imagine that. Yeah, pathetic. Let me see if I can find the tweet. It might take me a sec, but hopefully I've got it here somewhere. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Mark Stevens, Steve AFL. Uh, <laughs> another another great footy writer. No excuses for Carlton this week. Surely a W will never get a better chance. Well, that's a shame. Carlton fans, you can just pack it in right now. That's, uh, that's up there with uh, Tony Jones's. Uh, we're wasting a spot in the grand final. Oh, that's a good one. Sam McClure, previous week that, that year as well, went, uh, you know, like this tweet if you think that Melbourne are going to thump the Weagles and get a spot in the grand final. So good day to all the fine journos that are no doubt watching us here. Migs, you mentioned Liam Ryan. You mentioned Nick, Nat- uh, Nick Natanui. Wow, A lot of good efforts from the top line, guys. Great to see Ryan back after a couple of lean weeks as well. Yeah, um, had... By far his best game, I think, since he's come back from injury. Um, part of that, I think, was that he was playing a lot closer to goals than he has been, uh, which was due to the short lineup we played. And so I think with uh, with Kennedy and Allen coming back in this week, he'll go back to his usual role of creating up the ground. So, yeah, hopefully he's uh, he's got a bit of form back from uh, from that Carlton game, and also hopefully his hamstrings okay. Uh, yeah, the forward line I think functioned pretty well without Kennedy and Allen, and. Um, it looks pretty good with the, the smaller lineup, although the uh, the efficiency was down. Uh, we got a good spread of uh, goal kickers. We got goals from midfield, Redden, Gaff, Sheed, I think all bobbed up for goals. Uh, even Foley running down from the back line. Um, uh, Neil got and, one too. Yeah, we, and O'Neill, yeah. Sorry, I knew I was forgetting someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, we, we nearly got to 100 while we only got one goal from a, a key forward, which is unlike us because we've been relying mm-hmm. on sort of the big three that we've played. But, yeah, Waterman and Williams were probably two of the quieter players and, and I think they would have been sort of the, the other two um, of the, the big three that we played uh, with Ryan as well and uh, and Darling. Um, Simpson keeps mentioning Darling having a good game. I thought he was pretty quiet apart from that early goal but um, gave us a focal target at least. So, yeah, the... Uh, the forward line worked pretty well, but now we've got the uh, the problem of having to squeeze those big guys back in. It's a good problem to have when you're talking Kennedy and Allen, True. these sorts of guys. Keys, uh, Migs just touched on the midfield there. I was very surprised that we didn't hear more about Gaff, and I guess I watched the game wrong, I guess, if that's possible, because I thought he was close to our best on, but he didn't feature in the coaches' votes. Sheed's getting a lot of love. Uh, Ryan obviously getting some love as well. Yo had a very... Elliot Yo sort of bull in the china shop kind of game, just getting the ball and thumping it forward. But I thought the midfield mix worked wrestling quite people. well, which, yeah, wrestling people starting to fight against an entire squad. Uh, but all things considered, Keys, yeah, pretty thin-looking group coming into the game, but worked pretty well at the end of the day. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, I think Gav actually did. He had a really good game. I thought he um, a bit more physical at the time. He, he got mm. himself under a couple of high balls coming in, took some good marks. Um, even out bloody Crips at one stage to um, take a, yep. take an intercept mark and set up a goal, which uh, was good. So yeah, I, I thought Gaff played really well, and I and I think you know Luke Edwards um, played his role pretty well. He sort of looked quite composed, didn't get a massive amount of the ball, but when he did, sort of didn't look out of place. And O'Neill had a you know a bit of a good run at it, um, and I think Redden. Redden really did do a lot of inside grunt grunt work as well. So mm. um, that mix worked out all right. And I think um, Tommy Barash led the uh, defence really well. 
Um, and I thought Edwards had, Edwards sort of had a pretty good game as as well, albeit that I think Mackay going off sort of about quarter time probably helped him a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think even up whilst Mackay was on the ground in the first quarter, he didn't have a, a uh, particularly big influence in the game. I think he took one mark and and sprayed the, the shot. But, uh, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think the defence held up pretty well. They didn't look um, overawed at all, given that uh, you know we lost Shepherd um, to um, Adam Concrete Head Sard. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was it was a really pleasing win. Migs, I, I mean Tom Barras played very well down back, which Case was touching on there. The back line held up quite nicely, but. Harry Edwards is a big talking point coming out of this game, along with Foley, along with Luke Edwards as well. What do you make of Harry Edwards' game and also those other kids? Let's throw Xavier O'Neill in, in there as well, because I don't think in a year's time we're going to remember the Carlton game, but we might remember, all right, this was the start of the journey for this next sort of generation through. Yeah, I think and um, showed, yeah, at, at least glimpses down back. They both looked... Uh, I think each of them had maybe one or two shaky moments, but they both looked pretty poised uh, most of the time. Uh, yeah, Harry Edwards just is that's come up assembly for us of the you know, big key forward who reads the play really well and um, mm. takes intercept marks and makes good decisions. Uh, yeah, Foley, it looks like um, a bit of a shepherd, um, just comes in and plays no nonsense and, yeah, stops his man. Uh, Kicks goals. Bets on occasions, which would have been, yeah, runs forward and boots him from 50 and shows some of the forwards how it's done. Yeah, um, really pleasing from all of them. And Luke Edwards as well. Um, didn't know much about him uh, even after we drafted him. Haven't seen all of him in the while. But, um, yeah, just uh, as Simpson keeps saying, he, he makes really good decisions. Um, he's got a really good footy brain and probably just needs the um, the body to catch up a bit and needs a couple of pre-seasons. But, yeah, certainly didn't look out of place there for a kid taken in the 50s in the draft and playing his first game. Negatives from the game, gents. I think Miggs touched on before. Maybe Williams, pretty quiet. Certainly his quietest game for a while. Waterman, again, for me, a little bit too quiet. Um, I've gone back and forth on the board with a few people about Hearn because I thought a lot of his possessions are from kick-ins and there's a few bad turnovers in there, but... You know, coming back, a bit rusty. Let's see what happens there. Any negatives, Keys, taking away from the game uh, from your perspective? Yeah, I think you touched on, yeah, Williams really struggled to, to sort of get into the game in any great way and didn't have any influence at all. Um, and, yeah, Waterman's just, he's just, I mean, I picked him last week to kick eight goals. I sort of... How'd that go? He more than, he more than, he more than no safe possessions. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just he's struggling to fit in this year. I, I thought I said last week I thought you know maybe you know with Kennedy and Allen out that he might get a bit more of a run at it. But yeah, you know, if the opportunity was there, he didn't take it. Um, he's just just since he's been in the side this year, he's he's seemed out of sorts. He hasn't quite got into any real groove yet. So. Um, Hopefully you'll find it or, you know, what are, what are they going to do? We'll get to team selections for this week later on. But, uh, um, outside of those two, I, um, you know, obviously the concussion the Shepherd was a, um, was a bit of a shit. Um, and, but, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of find anything that, uh, you know, I think, you know, even someone like a, Good old number seven, whipping boy, Zach Langdon, um, <laughs> bobbed up and had probably his yeah. best game since arriving for the club. I mean, he has the, um, I, I guess he he played the way the club was hoping that he would when we uh, when we decided to to trade for him. He, that was if he, if he can turn that sort of performance in each week or something close to it, well then uh, he's got a spot in the side. So that was that was not a negative. <laughs> Um, it was just one something else that sort of popped in my head. I was just sort of rolling through the plays, throwing the plays from my head, trying to think of anyone who had a, had a bad game. Um, so Sal coming through here, Langdon, Langdon actually rate him. I, I think that's oh, yeah, yeah, it's look, a tough I, one. I, I, it's a bit of that. 
just not a that's not an unfair comment. I, I think no. you know, one 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 good game isn't isn't going to change. You know, up until last week, I you know I hadn't been particularly impressed with him. Um, but we've accidentally opened the floodgates on Zach Langdon commentary here, yeah, which I'm not yeah. sure. But, you know, look, if like I said, if he if he plays like that each week, um, then oh, yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I wondered think, if um, it was. Was it the SCG or was it a new role? He found himself bobbing up in the back 50 a lot, I thought, or a lot more than maybe I've seen him in, in recent weeks with the Eagles. So, no, I certainly thought best game yeah. from him for the club. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I think, think they, the, um, when... the tracker he had, I think when... he covered more ground than anybody else. Yeah, um, yeah 16.3. And I think if you actually went through the tracker, like speeds and repeat sprints and all those, he was in the top five on the ground in – in all of them, apart from speed, which reinforces what uh, this is one of the one of the guys said he was slow. Um, but yeah, look, you know, you know, whether he played his role better than what he has been, or they changed the role up for him, I don't know. But yeah, fuck it, turn that that thing each week. I think when we'll they um, when Shepard went off and Jones came on, they threw the magnets around it. Bit and he would have mm. to spend a fair bit up on the wing. Um, yeah, and I tried, to, I tried to do my little trick of going through the set of bounces and do the counts. Yeah, I think they might have thrown Waterman back a little bit too one? when they happened. I, I, I think maybe I yeah. remember Timo saying something about that, which is something he's not a defender. Don't yeah. put him down there. He's not that good. Down back, he's a forward. Leave him in the fucking forward line. Jesus. All the Langdon Telstra Tracker conversation is just reminding me of every Chris Marston post and comment we've ever had over the years. Sorry, yeah. we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> Migs, any farewell, final closing thoughts before we uh, leave this Carlton game and consign it to history? Uh, no, I think um, well, the other whipping boys, Nelson, He's he seemed to have a fairly decent game. Nelson and Cole both played pretty well, I, I thought. I thought he was really good. I thought Cole was really good as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, the small forwards. Stopping and watching to see if that opens up the comments. Yeah, let's. Jackson Nelson was very good on the weekend, and now we just wait for thirty seconds and see what happens. No, no, it was good. Yeah. I thought he played his role. I thought Cole was had his best game for a little while as well. He got a bit of love on Twitter as well. I think uh, Rod Aldis might have jumped on there, who gets involved with the pot a bit. So good day, Rod. And uh, I thought it was a good call. Nice game from those guys. Yeah. Nelson D list. All right, shit. It's starting. Keys. Any <laughs> final comments before we move away? There we go. We won. Bank the four points. Let's move on. Right, time for the news. Uh, Good challenge this week. First bit of injury news. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Ryan Daniels, our man, the icon, Ryan Daniels, and a very, very nice tweet here, Miguel. Ryan Daniels says, quote, strong chance West Coast Eagles will have McGovern, Kelly, Shuey, Shepard, and Duggan all back post their round 14 bye. Now, Duggan, we'll get back to later. He's been named this week, so... Obviously, very, very close for him. A lot of good names on that list there, Migs. Good news to hear at this time of year. Yeah, Shuey, they're saying, will probably play against Subiaco next week, which is uh, the AFL's by round, teams by round, which uh, they've now been thrown out because of the uh, the rescheduling of this Richmond game coming up. Uh, but, yeah, so Shuey coming back, uh, Gov coming back. The struggle is going to be fitting them all in and also trying to stagger them a bit, stop playing. Uh, six or eight guys who are coming off lengthy layoffs and, and aren't going to be running out games because that's what we saw happen um, a couple of weeks ago uh, against the Giants where we just had you know, too many guys, Hearn, Ryan, um, Yo on Matt uh, Nui on limited minutes, you know, just too many of those guys. And so there was um, too much running left to too few. So uh, that'll be the the challenge for the um staggering all of their returns so that we're not sort of flooding them all back into the team at the same time. But, yeah, certainly good to have them back. We've, uh, we've struggled a bit on the injury front. We seem to have walked over some, uh, walked past some black cats or under some ladders or something. Something like that. Keys, we'll get back to injuries a bit later on in the show when we talk uh, selection and the Richmond game. But a bit of news, and this one's a little bit of low-key news because it certainly passed me by. Uh, you guys flagged it in the pre-show. And I'm not sure if everybody else has seen it. Maybe I'm the only one that missed it. But 
Fox Footy are running with a pretty important bit of content here. They have confirmed, for, for whatever that, that means to them, foxfooty.com.au has confirmed West Coast quietly re-signed Adam Simpson in recent times to a new deal, locking him to the club until the end of 2024. So that's a three-year extension. Uh, Mark Duffield flagged it earlier in the year, and now apparently it's all signed, sealed, delivered. He will become the second longest-serving coach in West Coast Eagles history, if this is true. Your read on this one, Case? Yeah, it's um, it was sort of something that was flagged earlier on this season. Um, and then this, yeah, this sort of just um, popped up sort of out of the blue in a discussion about, you know, who's going to replace Buckley at Collingwood and, and who which contra- coaches are out of the contract at the end of next year. Um, and I said Simpson's sort of quietly signed a, a three-year deal, which or an extension till the end of 2024. So um, usually something like that, the club would announce once they've done mm-hmm. it. So I'm a touch sceptical because it was Tom Morris after all, but um, they weren't, they were, they were pretty bullish on it. They weren't sort of, sort of fucking about with, you no. know, little like rumoured to be or things like that. It, it was sort of pretty definitive that he had. So who knows? Um, you know, quite good. I mean, Samo's had a, he's had a, He's had a good run. Um, you know, we've been down a little bit this year so far and there's some questions over the game plan, but I, you know, I don't know that anyone's going to do a better job. I was always a little bit worried that once you get coaches towards the back end of their tenure, you don't really want to be giving them too long mm. um, because, you know, if if things do start to, to go the wrong way, you want to be able to um, move them on if, if need be. But... You know, it's. Uh, I think I posted today. We've had three coaches hit ten years or more, and our three other coaches combined have got five years combined. Um, so we're either we're all in or all out. If you if you don't get past a year <laughs> or two, you're gonna. If you get past that first year or two, you're in there for the long term. But um, yeah, they don't give you much chance to, to prove yourself if you don't do it after a year or two you're out the door and someone new comes in so um, pretty positive all around since mm. uh, you know there's every likelihood North might be sniffing around for a new coach at the end of the year they seem to change them as much as they do their underpants so um, yeah good news I think there's no world where North Melbourne could afford Adam Simpson. It'd be mates' rates. But anyway, uh, Migs, we've got some <laughs> AFLW news as well. List lodging, the trading and signing period all sort of opened up. Do you want to take us through that one, what, what went down there for the AFLW side? Uh, well, <clears throat> we had uh, two new additions, uh, one at each end. So Amy Schmidt from uh, Australian Girl um, plays forward at GW. Which is a bit of a concern, but she'll at least uh, provide a, a forward target, which is something we've been lacking down there. Mm. Uh, and Evie Gooch, who's uh, coming, uh, crossing from the uh, the wrong side of the tracks in WA uh, from Frio, but she's um, uh, a veteran defender who uh, the knock on her is a bit is she's a bit slow, but reads the play really well. Uh, can can fight above her weight. Can you know, can play on bigger defenders. Um, uh, good intercept mark and a really good kick. So just from that description, you think that, that sounds exactly like Shannon Hearn. So who doesn't want a Shannon Hearn in their side? Um, there you go. So yeah, yeah, they're the, yeah, so yeah, no pressure at all, Evie. Um, uh, the other side was uh, eight players getting delisted. A um, couple of sort of really tough decisions, I think. Um, Brianna Green and Alicia Jans gone. Also uh, Kate Orm, who would have had to have... Uh, tweeted the news of her own delisting, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's uh, a real slap, that is. Yeah, that, that hurts. Uh, Demi Little, Caitlin Pope, who played some games. Um, B Devlin, who was uh, who played some games last year, but none this year. Uh, and I probably should have listed these players down. Uh, Mika Carter, who's a rugby convert, and, and Julianne Norris, yeah. who we never saw. So, yeah, eight going out, but we've got, I think, four draft picks, including three of the top four. Um, picks from the WA region, um, so yeah, we'll get some um, some great young talent coming in alongside the uh, the two additions and the remaining squad members. So um, yeah, uh, 
should be looking to uh, step up again in, in 2022. Heroes and villains time now. It's the, uh, I think, the favourite part of the show. Certainly is the one that seems to get people typing up in the comments. So please do so. Heroes and villains, send them in right now. In the comments, we'll read yours out on the air if they pop up here. Uh, a couple of nominations from the fans already. Fox footy commentary, as always, let's just... Like, you know, put this one in in pen. It's coming in permanent marker every week. Yeah. Fox footy commentary sucks. The SCG got a few nominations uh, for the quality of the ground, for the camera angle. DK on Twitter made specific mention of the camera angle. So, uh, yeah, not not ideal start to the week that's, from that's, a villainy that's sense. Off my list. All right, well, there you go. You tell you what, mm-hmm. Keys, fire away. You can lead us off. Give us your villains. What's the list? We so here we go. You ready? I've got a bunch. I actually. Oh, let's do I it. actually write them down this week because so I didn't I didn't forget them. So let's start off with holding the ball. Can't get this fucking right. I mean, they just completely. I'm not picking on on sides or anything like that, but it's just an absolute joke. You're getting Dusty Martin spun around in a 720, no holding the ball. Guys are not handballing it. Um, it's just an absolute shit show. I mean, you don't know when it's going to be paid, when it isn't going to be paid. Fucking sort it out. Um, you know, we got a, we got a, you know, on the face of it, like a bit of a pat on the back from Robbo in the Herald Sun on Monday, and he's when he shows his tackle and said about what what a gutsy win at the SCG it was. But couldn't stop having a bit of a dig saying, you know, we're scared of jumping on planes. You know, get fucked, Robbo. Yep. Um, what's the one, Robbo? <laughs> Anyone see the Buckley press conference? Oh, this is tra- – Robbo's had a shocking week. This is the second worst thing he's done this week, but you go he's on. Tried, he has tried to get on, on the press conference. It's not an important press conference. They're just announcing they're, you know, they're sacking the coach after – 10 years or whatever he's been there. And Robbo's on Zoom. You can hear me? Can you hear me? I mean, that's the sort of shit that I pull. He's a, <laughs> he's a lead bloody writer for Herald Sun and he's the lead co-presenter on AFL 360, which is probably the lead football program in the country. You're a fucking buffhead, mate. Jesus. Uh can I just quickly, um, while we're doing Robbo, before yeah. before I'm going to have to try and pull up this quote, so give me a minute. But uh, the Robbo situation this week was devastating. That jumping in the press conference was one thing. Sorry, it is going to take me a second. I'm sure this isn't riv- you know riveting viewing, but here we go. I promise you it'll be worth it. Uh, Robbo, 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 where are you, mate? Hmm. Not sure that I can find it. That's an anticlimax if I ever saw one. But... He did the interview with Neil Dabbitt. Okay, you can, you can edit this week. out. No, I'm not editing anything out. We're going live. We'll do it live. Here we go. Neil Danaher, did anybody see this? The Neil Danaher interview with uh, with Robbo? I did see it, yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's have a look. Right. Direct quote. I found it. This is the patience worth worth sticking with. Here we go. To Neil Danaher. Big freeze. All of the issues around Neil Danaher from a health point of view that we're all well documented. Robbo has looked at him in the eye and said, man to man, I can't understand a word you're saying, but I do think you're funnier now than you were before. What the fuck is that? How does he still have a job? I told you the payoff would be worth it. That is as horrendous as it gets. I'll throw it back to you, Kays, but I just couldn't let yeah, Robbo well, slide Robert, off that I one. Mean, Rob, no one understand the word Robbo says. He's like a oh, funny. Oh, no. Jesus. Yeah, yeah he's got this skill. Carlton, yep. <laughs> good job. Didn't want to come here because, you know, don't want to lose the Eagles at Optus. We're playing the SCG where we can win. Just pissed away a million bucks, you bunch of fucking dickheads. So, yeah, Carlton, you get it for being a bunch of scaredy cats. Not want to get on a plane. But apparently it's us that's scared to get on a plane. Um, I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit more detail. Um, I'm okay with the game being shifted against Richmond. You know, there's good reasons for it. You know, you know, I don't want Richmond having to stay in Sydney for any longer than necessary because 
who knows, I might go to a strip club and get in a fight outside the kebab oh, shop. Geez. Settle down. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, fair enough. Um, but part of the reason is some of these the government restrictions, South Australia government and in WA, because part of the problem was Richmond, if they were here, um, weren't going to be allowed to leave their hotel. They were going to be in lockdown. So that's why they've gone back to Sydney. Part of the reason why they've got the game being moved. So, um, and, I, and the other thing is, you know, we've accepted it. We've moved on. I'll give you the guarantee that if we said that we wanted the game moved over East for four days, imagine the media over there, whinging, whinging eagles. Not a mm. fucking skerrick of a thing about whinging Richmond, but no doubt they're the ones that push for it. But anyway, we'll move on. Our team song, it sucks. I went to the Dreamtime <laughs> game. I went to the Dreamtime game, and when, when Richmond won, and you have the, the, the Richmond song comes on at the end, and it's up, and the crowd are up, and things like that, our song's just like a damp squib. We've got to fix it, really. Um, good on the SCG for... Um, yeah, dusting off the copy they had from 30 years ago because they haven't really had to update it any time recently. Um, but yeah, fix the song. Uh, hopefully I'm not boring anyone. Nick Rewald, you're a fucking dickhead. This is breathtaking. Too. You've just got a full list. I love this. Keep going. What's Nick, Nick Rewald done? Fire away. Nick Rewald, what do we? What? What's the one thing that comes up every year about finals? Let's have a wild card round before the week of finals. Nick Rewalt mm. apparently came up and thinks it's a new idea and said, you know what we should do, the eighth set, let's have a wild card round of finals. For a start, it's not having seventh play tenth and eighth play ninth, that's not wild card. That's not what wild card means. That's just another elimination final. We've got 18 teams. We don't need 10 teams in the finals. It comes up every fucking year. It's a stupid idea. Born. This is born from the NBA having a play-in round this year, yep. and it works yep. quite well. It was quite enthralling and all of this. So now everybody's gone, hey, let's yeah. do more. Why don't we just and let they, them all in? What what they forget is yeah. how many teams are in the NBA now, Badge? 36? 30. 30. 30? And so, 16 play. Well, now now 20 play some sort of playoff. Oh, okay, so that fucks my argument. <laughs> Sorry, <anyone> <laughs> Well, two thirds, two thirds of the comps playing finals. That's pretty I'm suspect. NFL, because I know the NFL, they had well, it was twelve, and it's now fourteen out of thirty-two teams make their finals, and they actually have a wild card series mm. that makes sense because they've got divisions and conferences, and there's uneven uh, schedules where not everyone plays each other even once, let alone twice. So there's a reason for it in the NFL, and that's why it's called a wild card. We don't mm. have a wild card system. It's another English final. It doesn't matter. If you reckon there's too many teams, you know, keep it exciting. Just, no, nah, piss off. So, Nick Rewalt, you can get off. Um, commentary, BT. He's got so night. many. <laughs> Leave some for the rest of us. The amount of time learning the players' names, what the actual names are and who's who, instead of oh. coming up with dick face, bloody catchy names, you'd actually get them right. But, no, he's too busy working out bloody... Stupid pronunciations of guys' names. Just try getting them right, mate. Hey, Migs, can you tell me where any of our footballers went to, what, what their private school upbringing was? Because that's what I want to hear when oh, we're watching yeah, the was, bloody football. Was, Jesus. Yeah. Who cares where they yeah, went to school? Yeah, that came up, didn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, during play. It's like, oh, there's a game going. You want to you know, maybe comment on what's going on there? Yeah. All right, last one, I promise. <laughs> Not that I can really tell just after I just abused everybody on social media, um, but social media abuse. Oscar Allen getting told, you know, you dickhead, you fuck my melt, you break your neck. Oh, yeah. Because he had the temerity to um, go for a mark and land on his head and get concussed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, comment on players, and there's a lot of stuff that gets said on social media, and, you know, some of it's not that great. A lot of it's just... You know, on things like big footy and that, where people aren't really going to see it. messaging a player directly to break his neck. Uh, these guys, mate, just so you lost some money, sucked in, don't bet, fuckhead, 
and cut the abuse out. Anyway, I'm done. Nicely done, Keys. Very nice. We've had a few people jump on while this has been going. So if you're trying to figure out what's what, we're doing heroes and villains. We're clearing the air. Heroes and villains for the week. And Keys just given us about 50 and they're all great. Just quickly, Migs, I'll throw it to you in a minute. But before we get to the the uh, the betting side of things, don't be a fuckwit, obviously. You're responsible for your own actions. Don't message a player, you know. But far out, I find it disingenuous when you've got Fox footy saying, oh, isn't this sick that somebody would message a player over something like a multi? And then in watching the video to try and get that bit of news, I've got a preview from Sportsbet and then throwing a Campbell Brown to tell me the odds and all that. Like, they've built the base themselves a little bit. It doesn't excuse this guy being an absolute prick. but The odds, the odds for the next player to get abused on social media are... Exactly. Don't do exactly it. right. Useless. All right. We've had a few people send through heroes, which we will get to in a moment. So thank you for those guys staying up in the chat there. Migs, any villains? Are there any left? Any villains for you this week? I've got one left, uh, and it's uh, a regular um, nominee, the AFL, for its uh, sub rule. Okay. Um, Dion Prestia shouldn't be playing this week. Um, if you sub a player out, it should be because they've suffered an actual injury. Um, that's a, a 12-day injury. That's what the rules brought in for, not this uh, hamstring awareness or, or whatever the hell they said Prestia had so that they could get Rioli on for dream time. Um, and I'm, I don't want to make this about Prestia and about Richmond because we did it with Kennedy one week as well. But clubs are pushing the limits of the rule. Um, you know, they're, they're using... The sub originally was supposed to just be for concussions, and we've seen a lot of concussions over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, who knew clubs would do that? In. Yeah, yeah. Who saw I that mean, coming? Like, everyone like five minutes after the rule came out. Right? That's not going to work. Yeah. Because anyway. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but the clubs will start doing it that, you know, five minutes into the last quarter, uh, they're second ruckman or you know, slowest yeah. key forward who's not getting a touch will get hamstring awareness and be subbed out. And yeah. So, you know, teams will be using their sub every week and making sure they use it and we'll be back to what we had in 2011, which I thought we got rid of. So, yeah, that was the only nomination I had that Keys didn't pinch. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, who are we giving it to? Who was the villain of the week? I think it's Robbo. I'm sorry. I think he's just transgressed too many times. It might be back-to-back uh, for Mike Robinson. Yeah, that's, that's tough to do. <laughs> Yeah, Robo. The age journos as yeah. well. I won't. I won't go through the. I was waiting for him to say tweets, but yeah, they were none too pleased anyway. Migs. Sorry, no, we're what? good. No, 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 we're good. We're good. In honor of Robo, I think we're going to pretend technical difficulties yeah. just happened. All right, let's keep firing away. We've had some heroes come through. Uh, first one, we got it here. Uh, hero is Trev for signing up Simo again. Best CEO in the comp. You love to see that. We've got a hero nomination here from Cameron for Elliot Yo, bringing back some passion and some energy to the team. You love to see that. Uh, a couple more through the week. Rod had a hero, and his hero was the Eagles recruiting staff. Says that they don't normally get enough love, but Harry Edwards looks like an absolute gem. I think he threw around 100 Gamer in there as well, so fantastic. Uh, my hero of the week, guys, was Dan Venables because he did a fantastic interview on the club website, social media, whatever it was. Uh, big ups to Thumper as well for running that one and asking a couple of very poignant questions, pretty significant questions. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. Dan Venable's talking all things concussion and his life since that big clash against Melbourne and, and his playing career, his, his future. So definitely worth checking that one out. Dan Venables is my hero of the week. Uh, Migs, who did you like this week? Uh, yeah, Venables was my first one. Uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Um, Neil Danaher as well, similar um, similar reason. Just uh, mm. uh, he's bloody funny as well. I'll tell you what, he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a um, he's a bit of an inspiration. Uh, and um, the Beagles, who I'm really only just nominating them, so uh, they get a mention because they're not in the run sheet. Uh, but um, put up a really good fight against Claremont in a game that I, I thought they'd lose by 20 goals. Um, and he had, I think, about six AFL players and two of them joined the club on the Thursday and then played on the Saturday. Uh, lost a rotation early. One of the uh, the top-up players did his ankle but managed to uh, to keep in touch with Claremont for most of the game. Um, Connor West, obviously, a standout, and um, I thought we'd be talking about him when we got to changes, but then he's not in the side. So uh, he'll want for another week, I suppose. But, yeah, um, just a good performance by them all around. 
Yep, good first impression. And uh, Sal, hero of the week, Connor West as well. So nice to see that one there. Keys, a lot of people uh, drew the eye. Did anybody do you well? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, it's fair enough. I sort of gave everyone as villain. So you, fair enough, you guys pinched uh, Venables and Dan hair off me. But Dan Venables, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dan Venables, absolutely. That was a really, really good interview, really raw. Um, yeah, I'm a bit torn after watching that. You know, the guy obviously wants to come back and play footy again. That's his passion. Um, I'd love to see it, but when you hear about his symptoms and what he's still going through to this day, you really worry about whether or not um, setting foot in a footy field is the, the best thing for him. Um, so I hope just whatever he does, things work out for him because he seems like an absolutely ripping bloke that's, that's had a, um, a really unfortunate accident that's, that's pretty much screwed his life for a couple of years now. So mm. all the best to him and... and, and um, Thumper was a really good interview. That was that was good. Um, circling back a little bit to uh, our mate Robbo um, Bucks. Can we put him on mute? You get a hero nomination from me, but telling you something to mute Robbo. That's uh, that's worthy of a nomination. Good stuff, and, Bucks. Um, Optus Stadium. Uh, I mm. went to the Dreamtime game Saturday night. Um, Optus, the WA public, I thought Essendon dealt with it really well. It was a really, really good night, and I think it's it's uh, it's shown the rest of the country just how good Optus Stadium actually actually is. We put um, our best foot forward. The stadium looked fantastic. The whole night was was a massive, massive success uh, to the point where you've got you know. A lot of comments coming through on Twitter, and so you know, if you're trying, if it's the grand final, it's not at the MCG, well, it has to be at Optus. Oh, um, really? Bloody hell! So, yeah, who, I, who knew I've that? A lot of I've seen a lot of sort of really positive stuff coming through. Um, and props to Essendon today; they took out a full page ad in the West Australian, I believe, um, thanking their supporters over here, the football public, Optus, everyone. Um, for turning out a, a really good night and getting involved in the um, the long walk as well, so that's that's that one. Um, and the other one, Matthew Gale sort of responded to a tweet, and we were I was fucking about on Twitter because we were worrying about what happened with Callum Jamison. Um, and I made the comment that, you know, worst of all, I'm man, you've got Parkinson's disease. And um, <laughs> Matthew, um, Matthew Gales managed to, uh, yeah, some blame management, some blame employees. Everybody's knows it's off the stadium disease. So that was really funny. Um, probably no one else thinks that, but I did. Enough for <laughs> Matthew Gale, if you're listening. Come on down. Um, you get it. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if Badge has got the uh, the knowledge of the Dire Straits back catalogue there to uh, to get that reference. Probably uh, not. We're, we're not, sorry, we're not doing um, old school hits again this week. We yeah, did, what do we do? Yeah. We did Genesis last week. We're not doing Dire Straits yeah. this week. I'm sorry, we're not. Moving along. But moving along. Hero of the week, Dan Venables. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Dan Venables, Hero of the Week. Karaoke time says Sal. I don't think we'll be having that any no, anytime soon, no, mate. We're done. That was one and done. We're not doing that again. That was one and done. Uh, guys, I think it's time to move on to the match preview. So let's do it. We will dive in West Coast versus Richmond. West Coast Eagles, they play Richmond, 5.20 p.m. at Optus Stadium. Of course, it's been moved up. Uh, Migs, we'll go through the team. And once again, I'll chuck them up here on the screen in a moment. But... A fair few changes for West Coast. We've got Allen coming in. Brander Duggan is back, thank goodness. We've got Jermaine Jones, Josh Kennedy, and Nathan Vardy as well named. Sunday games for extended benches, obviously, out Shepard with the concussion and uh, also out Bailey Williams. Probably might have been dropped one way or the other, but a bit of uh, a bit of the old hamstring awareness, as you said there. So they're the ins and outs for us. Migs, what did you make of the changes and who do you think makes that final team? Yeah, they've done a really good job of... Uh confusing things with the uh, the extended bench because you, there's a number of ways they could go. I think 
think, um, firstly, with the ruck situation, uh, with Vardy being named, um, Waterman's on that extended bench as well. You could either go uh, straight swap for Williams um, and uh, then probably Allen replaces Waterman. Um, or you could just bring Allen in straight swap for Williams and, and have him rucked. Um, Richmond have um, a genuine second ruckman and not Marlon Pickett so much, but uh, still very much to write home about. about um, uh, with Nankervis out, uh, we've just got Chol and Coleman Jones. So depending on Allen's fitness and he was looking banged up even before he um, fell on his head and almost did break his neck. Uh, yeah, if if he's fit enough to ruck, then I'd look at um, at rucking him and uh, playing Waterman, leaving Vardy out. But Vardy did have ready to come in and fill that role, but that would mean Waterman probably getting squeezed out. Uh, Foley, I think, has to play uh, as that seventh defender um, with either Duggan or Nelson um, playing on the wing or up the ground or something, or mm. Nelson could play as a tagger. Um, so there's a few ways we could go there, but, uh, yeah, I'd have Foley in the team. Uh, then I think um, three mids, O'Neill, Brander and uh, Luke Edwards are all fighting for one spot, and uh, the two forwards, Langdon and, and Jones, are, are fighting for one spot. Um, but part of me thinks Petrocelli might be a, a laid out tomorrow, um, just with the ice he had on his hamstring at the end of the game last week. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we're getting close to full strength. We don't need to be playing any uh, any players under clouds. So, um, yeah, if he's in a bit of doubt, I'd be I'd be leaving him out and maybe playing both of Langdon and Jones. Um, yeah, but yeah, a uh, number of ways they can go. Uh, as as I said in one of the other segments, it's uh, going to be um, difficult. Well, I, I don't think we've got a choice but to go back to the the tall forward line with Kennedy and Allen coming back, uh, and um, probably one of Waterman or Vardy uh, playing as well. Um, but the forward line did look really good uh, with the, the smaller lineup and Ryan coming out of the square. But uh, yeah, I don't think we can do that and have. Kennedy in the side, so a uh, bit of a shame that we, the forward line that works, we're going to have to go away from. And uh, last time I checked the forecast, there was a bit of wet weather coming as well, so not the best time to be going tall. So for that reason, I'd probably be leaving Brander out. But yeah, fair uh, changes. Yeah, a number of ways we. Can yeah, yeah, a couple of options there. Obviously, the Tigers, we know what they like. We know how frenetic they are. If you didn't watch the Essendon game, Essendon clawed back a lead with about ten eight or 10 minutes left in the game. And then they still got done by about 40 points. So just to uh, dot the I's here and cross the T's, we've got Kane Lambert named as an in for Richmond, along with some youngsters here, Will Martin, Hugo Ralph Smith and Ben Miller out is Riley Collier Dawkins. Keys, we know what Richmond are. and uh, We know that, or certainly we've t- discussed in the past, the best version of, of the Eagles. Eh? A bunch of pricks, this one, huh? Yeah, copy that. I can't argue that at all, <laughs> but you know, the, the game style, it, it, it goes quite contrary to ours. Ours goes quite contrary to theirs. They're almost the direct opposite of each other. So what do you expect this week when we've got, you know, it's seventh versus eighth. It's not exactly first versus second like we might have suspected, but it's a big clash nonetheless. Yeah, it's a big game. Um, it's a bit of a crossroad game for both both sides. It's sort of, you know, the winner sort of gets themselves not comfortable in the eight, but sort of gets a bit of a bit of a breather on the, on the pack and the losers right back in the, the mix with um, GWS and Essendon nipping at the heels. So it's a, it's a big game. Um, two completely different styles of, of play. Um, you know, we're really structured, purposeful. Um, yep, season on the line. Probably not <laughs> quite, but thereabouts. Um Richmond, it's about the 10th in a row, um, season on the line, game. So it's been on Richmond, the line for a while, I feel. Richmond have been very, you know, they're, they're a very chaotic yeah. uh, game style. Um, there's a structure to it. There's a purpose to it. I mean, it was, I hadn't seen Richmond live, like as in, in the flesh, um, in this sort of like four-year run that they've had. I mean, partly because they've only been over here once before last Saturday, um, but it was kind of kind of interesting watching how they 
how they play and how they structure up. Um, they really just move the ball forward at, at all costs. But what they don't do is they don't kick the ball high. It's always low, flat kicks and just um, they're happy to, you know, risk turning the ball over on the basis that um, they like a chaotic sort of game. Um, mm. And I think they sort of trick the other team into like losing their structure and thinking they've got to play the same way. And, um, you know, when once Cessna got control of the ball early in that last quarter, they they sort of chipped it around and moved the ball and, and were able to cut through Richmond. But once the pressure came back on and Essendon started kicking the ball in hope and, and losing their structure, then Richmond was just all over them. Um, they've also got this this really annoying habit, partly because it looks ugly, but also because it's super effective. They just get the ball to a spot about 20 metres out from goal and just put it there into a hole and then they just have guys running onto it. So the goals look kind of arsey out of nothing. But it's because they know that's where they're going. And then guys like Bolton and Arts and Castagna and all that, they they leave they leave the space open. But once it's going, they're hitting that that area at pace. Um, really hard to defend. Uh, yeah, super effective. I just hope the, the other thing I noticed is just how good Richmond are at pushing guys underneath the ball. Mm. Revolt and Grimes especially. Um, and they get away with it all the time. But they just, they've got this thing where they, they kind of push with their elbow um, and just sort of run guys underneath the ball all the fucking time. It's annoying. And uh, they, ne- they hardly ever get picked up for it. And the one time they do, Revolt bloody throws his arms up and starts looking like it's... It's like, all of that. Yeah. Um, but we need, we yeah, need we, boys of affirmation to come in then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's almost sorry to cut you off there, Keys. It's almost going back to the NBA. The Detroit Pistons back in the day, back in the Jordan days, had this theory that basically, yeah, we'll foul you, we'll foul the shit out of you, but they're actually not going to call all of them. Eventually, the umpires or the refs will start to skew what is and is not legal based on what they've been calling. So, yeah, we'll foul you, but we'll play some good defense in there that also isn't called. So, you know, they're basically betting on the fact that umpire's not going to call a push every time, so we might as well push them every time. Yeah, and they get away with more often than not. The other thing I saw someone um, popped up, like, you know, do we tag Dusty? He's really interesting to watch. He he doesn't go past... It's like there's a... You, know, you draw a line through the centre, mm. and it's like that's the forbidden zone. He does not go into the fence. He doesn't. He doesn't pay any attention to his opponent. If the guy runs off, he's like he's going off. You go, not not going with you. What he doesn't do, he doesn't get sucked into the contest. He will sit off about five meters off where the ball's being contested, but he's close enough. He's always on the move and he's always watching the ball. And if the ball pops up somewhere, he's close enough that he can run it, grab it, and then break away at pace. Or alternatively, if someone like Cotchen or Prestia or one of those in and under guys get it, he's there ready, waiting to receive and then be on his way. Um, his positioning is really, 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 really good. Um, and they look for him because he's the most, his disposal is brilliant. And mm. if he gets the ball, you know, two thirds, two out of every three times, either he's kicking the goal or he's setting someone up for it. Um, and then when he when he's when he he doesn't hardly spend any time on the bench, he goes forward and he he's goal square when he's he's just sitting in the goal square. If the guy wants to, if his opponent wants to sit at fifty meter line, he's happy for his guy to sit out there. He's like, well, okay, well I'm just going to sit back here. If it comes over your head, mate, you're screwed because I'm going to get it. Um, so we need we need someone really smart to sit on him. Um, I've theorised I I wouldn't mind us running Duggan with him simply because, I mean, Duggan's not going to be fully fit coming back from an injury, but Martin doesn't cover that much ground. It's not not like you're trying to tag um, someone like a gaff who runs all day or, I mean, I'm sure, you know, 
this other players in the comp. Or a parish or somebody on the weekend. Yeah, they just run and, yeah. run and run and run. Mark doesn't do that. He's he he's minimum effort, maximum impact. So, um, and and Duggan's got the size. If Martin does drag him forward, he's got, you know, as much as anyone on our list, the size to sort of go with him. And I reckon if we use Yo, I reckon we're wasting we're wasting Yo um, because we need. We need Yo at the coal. The one thing with Richmond, if you've got to do, you've got to win contested possessions at the coal place, and that's what we need. Colt, Yo going in there and getting it because the best way to stop Martin is to stop guys like Cotchin and Prestia winning the ball in the first place and getting it out to him. So that's where I think we've uh, where we've got to go. And if we can if we can win the ball um, contested, that's how we'll win the game. So, Migs, thank you very much to Kim as well, who brought up whether or not we tag Dusty. And let's keep exploring that. Let's talk about the midfield mix as well. Richmond, interestingly enough, for a team that have been so dominant for so long, and you think about all the talent on the list, dead last in the league in clearances. What you know, Once they go forward, they lock you in. And they lock you in until they kick a goal. Because once it's in their forward line, it's only, you know, only one team's going to score. You don't slingshot against Richmond. But last in the league in clearances, uh, their ruck division, I mean, Nankervis not playing, but hit out. So he's got 262. Their next closest, I believe, is Chol with 28. It's a pretty significant drop-off there. So do you go this classic Yo-Dusty matchup that we sort of romanticise or do you do you waste Yo away from the coal face? Do you try and hand it over when he goes forward? How do you navigate that and how do you make sure that the midfield is getting maximum impact? Because if the Richmond midfield starts winning it, once they go forward, it's not coming back out. Yeah, well, I, I sort of had thought we'd go with the yo tag on him, but um, Keys has pretty much talked me out of it. Um, so yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Redden Redden sort of he's uh, he's got the size and strength to uh, to go with uh, with Martin or um, either a, a Duggan or a Nelson if we are going to play one of those uh, up the ground. Um, yeah, one of them, um, but. I think we just really need to rely on Nat Nui's dominance. He'll dominate um, mm. uh, uh, Chol and, and Coleman Jones and, and absolutely dominate Marlon Pickett if he rucks. Um, and just Pickett know, just, get, Pickett make just sure stands that, there. Uh, he doesn't ruck. Well, we saw that against yeah, Essendon. They weren't a, jumping against Nick Nat against Essendon, you know, mm. unless very rarely were they, let's say. He was just jumping over and they were playing four on the floor against Nick Nat trying to put it wherever he wanted it. The other thing we need to do is um, try and get the game on our terms and, and play that chip around game and uh, just play kick mark and, and make them sort of run to man up on us and try and wear them out because that's one thing that knock on Richmond um, this season, I think, is that they've, they've faded out of games and the style that they play is a, a really uh, intense game style and um, yeah, if we can make them work really hard uh, to match us up on, on defence, then we can yeah, hopefully wear them out. But yeah, they uh, as Keith said, they rely on uh, the forward pressure and they rely on scoring off turnovers. They don't score much from clearances, so yeah, we just need to um, yeah, make them move around a bit and uh, and um, make sure we uh, we don't give them the easy. I think I saw a stat out of last week's game. I think Richmond scored a hundred points off turnovers from Essendon. <laughs> I um I I think like. Yeah. Um, which was Sounds right, like a season high or something like that, and that's and that's the thing. We've just just got to what Meg said. We've got to keep control of the footy, um, which is why the rain kind of sucks because that makes it that little bit harder yeah. to do. But um, you know, if we can do that, it's uh, yeah, you know, get the ball against Richmond and then keep it off them. That's uh, that's the key to winning. I mean, it, it sounds easy. It's easy to say. It's um, very difficult to do because a very good pressure team. 50% chance of rain on Sunday currently. So, yeah, let's fingers crossed for that one. But, I mean, we've discussed it. We've discussed it every time we play Richmond for four years now, really. The styles clash, but they clash in a way that Richmond want to speed you up. And if the Eagles can avoid that, again, easier said than done. But if the Eagles can avoid being sped up, the game is there to be had. Richmond aren't this, you know, all-conquering monster that we've seen in the past. They're starting around into a bit of form. Pretty healthy. You know, two or three guys out, but relatively healthy side. If the Eagles can get it from Nat Nui and go forward with a little bit of poise, 
all right, we might be onto something here. The issue is, and, and we've all discussed it now however many times, you get sped up, you decide, oh, shit, we're under pressure here. Let's just bang it long. They're going to have two or three guys set up behind the structure. They're going to mark it. They'll bring it back in, repeat entries, and suddenly they're wearing down Brass. They're wearing out Edwards or Kern or whoever's down there trying to do work. They're starting to get worn down with repeat entries. Uh, Keys, let's talk about our forward structure. We saw Ryan have a great deal of success from the goal square, up the ground, pretty much everywhere. Darling has had great success against Richmond in the past. He genuinely has really enjoyed playing the Tigers, probably the only consistent bloke against them. Kennedy back, Allen back in, hopefully for his 50th game. There's talent. It's just a matter of supply. It's a matter of good supply as well. Yeah, good supply. I think um, I'd like us to make sure, keep Kennedy really deep. The other thing Richmond do with their setup that's really good is usually it's Grimes. Grimes, he sits back. He He's mm. like a, kind of like a goalkeeper of sorts, but he, he doesn't let, there's, there's no one behind him. So, I mean, what you don't see when Richmond play is um, you, you don't see Richmond get goals over the over the back very often um, because Grimes in particular is always sitting there back as the as the deepest defender. So what we need Kennedy to do is make sure that Grimes is engaged, so that you know if Kenny can stay deep and he's good at doing that, um, so that when we are coming out of the fence. Grimes just can't go and just cut it off. He's got to be mindful of, of where Kennedy is. I'd like to see us run Ryan out of the goal square a little bit as well. Um, he did it at waffle level. I mean, mm. that's how he got drafted. He kicked 80, 90 goals a year in for Subi, playing out of a goal square. He kicked four goals against Carlton, playing out of a goal square. Get him down there. He'll make guys shit themselves if he's down there because they can't. There's no one in Richmond's back line that's got the pace to go with Ryan on the lead. So, um, and that's why I think it'd be a mis- I don't want to see Waterman in the side because I don't think we need him and I don't want to see Vardy in the side. We need to keep it. Alan, Alan and Kennedy are coming back. We've got Darling there. That's enough tools. We don't need Waterman and Vardy in the side. I think he just clutters things up. We need. You know, Ryan, and we need the likes of Langdon and Jones and Petrocelli if he if he does play to run around and and keep the pressure on the guys like Hawley and Vloston that they use to um, come out of the black line. So small forwards, Kennedy deep, um, and then swing Ryan down there when uh, when Kennedy's having the rest. I love that call about Kennedy deep. It's something that bothers me sometimes in that a team will drop a spare back and Simo seemingly happy to give it to him. You can't give it to him against Richmond because there's so much pressure on the ball. That long hat kick down the line. If it's not a 50-50 and let's take it out of bounds, let's reset, bring Nat Nui into the game. If it's not that, it's a chess mark and it's coming straight back in. So love that call. Hope we see Kennedy stay deep. Uh, Migs, any closing thoughts on Richmond? How we match up? Any matchups that you're looking forward to? And then let's get stuck into some tipping here as well. Um. Matchups with well, Martin and Yo, if we do see that. Uh, mm. Yeah, definitely a, a matchup I'm looking forward to. Um, you want me to do my tip? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'll go, I'll, I'll pick us by 12. And um, I didn't do this in advance because I hadn't seen the teams. Um, I'll pick uh, Dom Sheed's having a good good run of form. Um, he's, uh, he's enjoying having Yo back, I think. And uh, yeah, I'll pick him to, to have another big game. and. Yeah, another 30 and two. We won't expect three goals from him, but 30 and two. Very nice. Keys, who's winning and who's impressing us? Well, you know what the margin's going to be. <laughs> it's 24. <laughs> um, look, yeah, jokes aside, I'm actually really worried about this. Um, I, I still think with Shuri and Kelly out of the side, our midfield sort of lacks a, the sort of depth that we need to properly Ooh. test Richmond. Um, so that concerns me. Um, the wet weather concerns me. I mean, we played we played Richmond what four times in the last four years. Um, any time there's been rain or sun, when it's been dry, we've got them. When it's been, and we've had I think we've had two games off the top of my head where we've been in front of them at half time, then rain's mm-hmm. come in and we've um yeah. and we've lost the game. So um, the fact there's a bit of moisture around worries me. I I think Richmond will probably get us. Um, I just don't quite think we're in 
Brisbane aren't in great form, but I think they're in better form than us. Um, and I, I think uh, their game style um, under the conditions is better suited uh, than what ours is. Um, hope I'm wrong. Uh, best on ground, I think, Nick, you know, this will be a game. You know, if we're going to win, we need Nick to have a big game because um, it's really important for us for our clearances. Not just the centre taps, but that, just that bullocking work um, in close in the centre. Um, you know, we need to get the ball going our end because, as you say, Badge, once it goes down the Richmond's end, it, um, it doesn't often come out. And if it does come out, it's usually rushed, which means it goes straight back in there. So we need to um, we need to win the territory battle. And for that to happen, we need Nick to have a, have a blinder. Um, so yeah, I'm going. Nick Best on Ground is going to um, is going to really step up for us on on Sunday. Nicely done, gents. I had the Eagles by twelve, so thanks for that, Migs. I'll change that to Eagles by eleven. <laughs> Go on, eighteen. Split it. Split it. Go on. Go on, eighteen. Eagles by eighteen. Let's do that. Who cares? Uh, Keys. I had Nick Nat for Best on, so thanks for that. I'll pivot that one to Jack Darling. Uh, potentially more hope than logic to that one, but. We beat them comfortably at Optus last time. And this was a game, it was level at halftime, and then the Eagles went on and beat them by 47. Now, yes, that was 2018. We were a better team. We were potentially a more balanced team as well. Uh, but I don't know. There's, there's, something, there's something here. If we can get them, they've been on a plane a couple of times. They're not used to that. If we can get them and head into a bye, come out of it with all the healthy bodies and, you know, everybody will be happy. I'm just I'm talking myself into it. I'm, I'm, they're pulling me back in. So I hope I'm right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, if I end up with egg on my face, it'll be a very devastating bye week. But, anyway, I hope must, I'm right on that one. I must admit, when I looked at our side on paper, um, it's sort of like, yeah, that actually doesn't look all that bad. There's, you know, with Kenny Allen and, and, and even Duggan coming back in, there's just just looks that little bit better. So, maybe. Let's hope so. We're due, we're due for a breather against these guys. 